Welcome to Into the Known, a podcast focused on helping you find the known within you. With you today are your hosts, myself, Lisa, and Cindy, and we have two very special guests with us today, Lindsay and Vivian. And today we're going to do a clairvoyant read on our president, Donald J. Trump. Lisa, do you remember where where the idea for this started? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I remember you saying, hey, what do you think about uh, reading Donald J. Trump? And I was like, sure. <laughs> Let's yeah. give it a shot. <laughs> so this has been recorded in October. I think this idea emerged right from the beginning of when we started recording. And it was in response to a passing comment with someone I teach with. And um, how we would need a certain level of neutrality to read him. And I know you and I had talked about it and wanting to do it and going back and forth. And do we make it a main episode? Do we make it a bonus episode? Do we put it behind a paywall? And I'm really excited to kind of see where this goes and see what this this offers our listeners. So this is going to be a bonus episode, so everyone knows, and it is, we are setting the intention at neutrality, and we have four of us participating in this reading who have all done this work for several years now, minimum, and we're not really sure what we're going to find, and we're not really sure where we're going to go, but Lisa, do you want to explain the format of what we're going to do? Sure. Um, So there's a format that we use to do a clairvoyant read on a person. And the first part is the rose reading, which looks at um, the person as they are in present time, how open or closed they are to their life path or where they need to be right now. And we also look at um, past lives that are affecting their world right now. And then the second half of the reading is looking at the layers of the aura. So we look at the energy layers of the aura from the first through the seventh. And then we look at energy that is, we call it lit up or um, sort of coming to the surface um, as issues or things that they are dealing with or not dealing with, or maybe something someone would like to change in their, in their world. Um, So that's sort of the format of, that is the format of what we use when we do a reading. Um, And then I also wanted to say, too, that one of the reasons why I sort of said, yeah, sure, let's do this was to learn, um, to look at how energy in a person of leadership, uh, a big, big leader, (laughs) runs their energy and and sort of the things that are affecting their space and things like that. So for me, this this whole adventure was one of um, getting a deeper understanding of how energy works in a person that's a a leader of a country. I think that's great, Lisa. And I think for me, my driving factor is that curiosity. It's really what is the energy in his space? How does it impact him? And part of my personal interest is him as a person, as a human, as a spirit in a body, not just him as the president. And when we do these kinds of clairvoyant reads, we do set the vibration. And so I want to be very clear that we are setting the vibration for this reading at a space of neutrality and a space to say hello to him as a spirit in a body, as well as the president of the United States in 2020. 
Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you said that because that is very, very true. Really, that that's what I enjoy the most about a clairvoyant read is giving someone a hello like that. So that's good. Well, without further ado, let's get started on that clairvoyant read and we will see you on the other side, Wanderers. And we are going to be reading Donald John Trump this morning, who is not present. And I am looking at a reading color. Wow, his crown has a lot of colors going on. I can also see the medication he's taking really does push him out of his body quite a bit. <laughs> he's got a really fun being that kind of comes in. is like, I'm the one that everyone likes right now. <laughs> okay, let's read... Let's read Trump from a blue. It's like a, a mid-tone clear blue. And Lisa, when you're ready, if you would like to begin the rose reading, explaining as you go the parts of the rose reading would be nice. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we do uh, in our methodology, we look at a rose, which represents the person we're reading. And we look at how open or closed the rose is and how open or closed it is means how open or closed you are to your life path or where you need to be in this moment. And then we also look at the rose in comparison to a gold sun and the gold sun is sort of your path or a representation of where you need to be right now. So I'm gonna look at that part first and then I'll explain the, the rest of it. So the rose is um, partially closed, but it's trying to open. It's sort of in a fight. <laughs> open, close, open, close. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a green energy that's wanting to close. But he wants to open it. And the, his color in the middle is sort of a yellow color. Ooh, there's a lot of white in there, too. Um. And it is, in relation to the sun, it is in front of it and off to the left. Sort of uh, <laughs> a bit far away <laughs> from, from the sun right now. Um, we're also going to look at the rose stem. And the rose stem is sort of a measure of how many lifetimes you've reincarnated. So if it's really long, 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 and goes down into the center of the earth, you've been around for a long, long time. And if it's shorter, a few less lifetimes. So the rose is a deep dark green and it's, uh, it goes up almost halfway down to the center of the earth, I'd say. So it does go into the earth? No, no, oh, no, okay. no, halfway, two, sorry. If I'm looking at from the rose to the center of the earth, it goes halfway down. So on a piece of paper, if the sun's at the top and the rose is towards the top, it goes like halfway down the paper? Right. Yep. Yes. That's what I was trying to say. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just making sure I'm looking at the same picture you're looking at. <laughs> yeah. And now we're going to look at some, there are rings around the stem that represent past lives that are affecting um, the person's life today. So I'm going to look at Donald J. Trump's past life rings. We usually look about three of them. So I'm going to start towards the bottom. It's sort of a dark, dark blue, navy color rose, a ring around the rose stem. And gosh, it's so there's, I'm just seeing a past life where he is a boy, young man, 
and he has no voice. Like, I, I can't tell if he's mute or if he just can't talk <laughs> or is not allowed to talk. It's very different, <laughs> but similar. Um, there's just a lot of darkness in this lifetime where um, it's almost like he's hiding away from the world outside. It's a, he's just sort of sitting in these dark places and hiding away. How old did you say he was, Lisa? Sorry. He was a young, young man, sort of a very young, like probably 15, 16, maybe Do you get a 14. sense of where a time frame and where in the world it is? European medieval <laughs> times. <laughs> it almost looks like Black Plague-ish type situation, but maybe it was in the beginning of it or the end of it. I think it's the end of it. It's the end of it when it was starting to fade back. Just a lot of fear, hiding, isolation. And the reason why I'm seeing it or I'm seeing how the tie-in is today is that um, it looks like you know, who he truly is as a, you know, as a being, it's, is in hiding and is not allowed to speak. All right. Gonna back out of that, close it up, blow it up. Uh, I'm going to look about a little further up. There's a red orange ring that's lighting up right now. <laughs> in this lifetime, he, he is a woman in this lifetime, but... <laughs> There's a lot of resistance to that. <laughs> Me looking at it. <laughs> Don't look at that. I'm never a woman. <laughs> oh, funny. Okay. So this lifetime, it looks like it's a desert landscape. I'm not quite sure where in the world. It looks like he is part of a nomadic or she, he, she. <laughs> okay. He is a woman in this lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> you can use the, you can use the singular they. Yes, uh, it's part of a nomadic tribe. Was a nomadic tribe, but then settled into a village. There's a sense of excitement of like not being on the road anymore and being settled in and being at home, and exploring the town. And it's like all new and interesting things to find and look and see and do. Um, and it looks like in this lifetime there's an opening up to other uh, beings without bodies and sharing, sharing the space with them. <laughs> so it looks like in this lifetime, he opened himself up as sort of a medium or a, a channeler and invited in a bunch, a party <laughs> to hang out mm -hmm. with him. <laughs> to hang out and explore the town and, you know, have fun. And I just see a lot of, I don't I wouldn't say parties, but like, you know, having a lot of fun, rockets, fun behavior. And the reason why I'm seeing this lifetime light up now is just he is is it transitions over to a similar kind of thing where he's running a lot of beings in his body. So it's a party in there. <laughs> a lot of people. In that lifetime we thought did it impact his physical health to to channel and run that many beings so consciously and unconsciously? Not in the beginning, but towards the end, yeah. It shortened his lifespan or her lifespan. Yeah, because the vibration was too high. It was too high for the body to handle for a long period of time. I mean, it lasted for a while, but could have lived longer. 
I'm going to close that one up. Look at the last one. There's a yellow one towards the top of the rose. The yellow one's smaller, tighter around the stem. There's a, not resistance, but a constriction in this one. I'm seeing that dark green energy that was affecting the opening and closing of the rose is affecting this ring too. This is the control. It's a lot of control. It's a lot of his dad's energy in that green. So this lifetime, he's a male again. And this lifetime, it's really clear. Um, he shared this lifetime again with his father. So they've had two lifetimes together at least. And there's a lot of arguing going on. <laughs> arguing limits, expectations. Um, it is, what lifetime is this? Where is it? Let's see. It looks like it's in this country, sort of in the beginning of this country. And it's dueling ideologies of how things should be run between father and son. And he really wanted to have more say and um, I guess strength behind his convictions when <clears throat> facing his father with his ideas, but he it just looks like he shrinks and um, becomes smaller with the vehemence of his father's ideals were just so strong and loud. <laughs> Um, it's like he lost his, as a, as a being, he lost his personal power in this relationship. What did they do in that lifetime? It looks like they were, uh, the family was farmers. Like they were farming the land. He wasn't interested in farming the land. <laughs> he wanted off to the city. So there was also this dual feeling of guilt and obligation of having to stay it looks like he was the only son. So it was sort of like a double thwarted lifetime where he couldn't live the life he wanted to live and he couldn't speak his mind in the face of his father's ideals. Well, that is all I'm seeing in that lifetime. So there's a theme that emerged that I saw. Um, but Lisa, before I share, did you see a theme when you were looking at those three lifetimes? Um, well, mine was um, the inability to be who you truly are and to speak your truth and to be uh, present and solid in yourself. That's my, my take. So the theme that I see Lisa and I think, um, or that I see line and I think it complements what you see Lisa is um, these lifetimes of powerlessness and then gained power or climbing into agency and, and self power like in that first one being what I saw as being in a dungeon and then being able to be kind of free. And then in that second one, that engagement with those beings without bodies gave a sense of power. And then in that third one, it really was powerlessness into power. But I saw that not happening until his dad passes in that lifetime. So that's the theme mm -hmm. I was looking at. Mm -hmm. Um. When you look at the rose, Lisa, if you haven't blown it up yet, is there anything else that needs to be said hello to? I know we said hello to that green energy. It's interesting to see it. It has shifted now that we said hello to it. Like there's definitely been an energy shift in the in the rose itself. It's scooching just a little bit closer to the sun. And the yellow is, it looks like a brand new bud. 
instead of this kind of old rose that was there before. So that's nice to see. <laughs> Change can happen. <laughs> yeah, what I what I see when you're describing that is on some level, the spirit to spirit hello, even if it's just, you know, an Adam Worth has gotten in and given a hello to that spirit. And I think that's what we want when we do these readings and the person's not present. We just want them to be seen. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to move on to the aura reading, and we are going to look at seven layers, starting with one closest to the body, and providing a color and texture, and then the pictures we see there. And so for that first layer for Donald J. Trump, and the first layer has a lot of information about day-to-day -day life, physicality, ancestral information, survival, and I'm seeing it as a yellow it's coming into this yellow. It was actually at like a fiery red. And that looks like it had a lot to do with um, the COVID diagnosis. And now that that's burned out, it looks like he actually extinguished it <laughs> in a very interesting fashion energetically. Um, but as this yellow is starting to come, there's a lot of pressure here. There's a lot of perfect pictures there's a lot of need for control. I can see how out of control he feels at the moment by what's going on. And what I see as the picture is that he has a perfect picture on the way in which his world should run, how he understands the world. And it's very dogmatic and it's very linear and it's very hier hierarchical. I can't say that word properly. There's a hierarchy within it. And it looks like a triangle that's been turned upside down. So the pinnacle of it, which was the top, which is where he held his control is now at the bottom. And so everything that he was able to control is now out of his control. And I see this is causing him to really hold tightly to very tangible things. So I see um, a lot of returning to like a militant or military militaristic routine of exercise and food and having like a 24-hour clock instead of the 12-hour clocks. And it's really impacting his relationships with his direct family and those he considers family. And it's permeating out of that to the staff that look after him, whether that's somebody giving him a briefing or a personal assistant or a medical doctor, but also um, there's a lot of questions going on from his peers on the decisions he's making. And he's having to show up to this contradictory nature in a way he's never had to before. And part of that has to simply do with his job title as president. And it's really stirred up a lot of the lifetimes that Lisa was reading where he was powerless. And he just keeps looking around under trying to understand like where everything went. And if I were to look at a reading of like what percentage he's accessing his survival information right now. It's like 75, 80% at that first chakra. And um, what I don't see here in line, I'm wondering if maybe you are seeing it. I don't see a lot of beings without bodies. I do see his dad's energy very, very strong and his grandfather, actually that whole male lineage, but I'm not seeing guides here or anything of that nature. Line, what are you looking at? No, I don't. I don't see that either. I just see a ton of people with bodies. <laughs> That's layer. It's just oh, so much judgment. So much, you know. He can't do anything right, no matter what he decisions make. 
there's no right answer. Yeah. That the energy looks like that. Yes. Yes. That's the energy. I'm sorry. I'm not saying in real time, he can't do anything right. Cause he obviously can and can't, but mm-hmm. the energy says he can't do anything. The energetic right. response to any decision made is that nothing's going to be right. Nobody's going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also I'm seeing, um, I don't think it's his mom. There's a grandma in there. <laughs> his dad's, uh, yeah, his dad's side. Yeah, I see his whole patriarchal lineage really in this layer. I'm going to keep saying hello to that while Lisa, you and Vivian see anything else you want to talk about. Yeah, I just was calling out that grandma energy because it was sort of a a reinforcement to the male lineage. Like she was the... um, Matriarch? Yeah, and just followed, you know, the example that was set by these uh, powerful opinionated men on how boys should behave and be raised and act and all that kind of stuff. And that's affected him too. Yeah. When you were saying hello to that and I was saying hello to the lineage, what I saw is there's this sense of um, superiority. And one of the questions and lens, if you want to make a note that I'd like to look at in the second half um, is what agreements were made to get the body in this lifetime and what compromises have been made to this family lineage as a whole to his patriarchal lineage, which would include his children as well. Um, what compromises are made as a standard to get a body in this family lineage? What about you, Vivian? Anything you want to share? Yeah, <clears throat> I was looking at the yellow that you pointed out. And one thing that I saw was like his denial about how sometimes he can be easily controlled or influenced. It's like something he doesn't want to look at. Um, Like, especially with certain advisors that he finds like trustworthy, like he has this image of like not being able to be controlled, Um, like a, like a ripple or like a fish almost like I can't be caught. Um, So I'm just saying hello to that picture and seeing where it stems from. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's about it. Take the time and follow it and see where that's stemming from. Yeah. Cause when you're describing that picture, I'm I'm seeing it like he feels like a fish that can't be caught, not to realize that he's in a giant net. Yeah. yeah he doesn't have a fish hook in his mouth, but he is in a pond that he's already, you know, almost like um salmon farming, where it's like in a contained space, but they don't realize. Or um when you do worms underground, you put them in those clear acrylic containers and they don't realize they're there until they hit the side I, I see it as more of a denial like if he really sees the big picture of everything that's going on the intricacies of like his place as a whole that he wouldn't be able to manage what he sees and take it in like that truth um, so it's a little bit easier for him to manage like as a spirit and also as a body too it looks like if he does see that truth um like it's gonna throw his body into survival mode and he couldn't manage what he's trying to manage um so yeah the body just lit up and i was like here see this picture where you're at and it's like oh hell no (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i think it's a protection for the body um not so much the spirit All right, let's go to the second layer. So the second layer has a lot of information about relationships, emotions, sensuality, sexuality, and that expression of self. 
This layer is really amusing. There's a lot of orange. Um, we're going to say his color here is like an orangish red. But the first the first energy I'm saying, saying hello to is, who's the guy that impersonates Trump on SNL? Alec Baldwin is so much in this second layer. And it has to... Alec Baldwin's coming in on this picture of emotional expression. And I'm going to move him out just for the sake of the reading. But he comes in with this level of amusement and like cherry picking what he wants. And it's a, it looks like it might be an actor thing that they do, whether they're aware of it or not. I don't really care. Um, but it just looks like he really likes to come into this layer and poke at things um, in an effort to get more into character. Um, I see that this layer is very compartmentalized. And when I say hello to his relationships, um, I see a lot of discord, uh, particularly in his personal relationships, whether that be with his wife or ex-wives or his children. Um, it's There's a lot of space held for him, but not much. But that um, There's a coddling that's going on that makes it hard for people to want to be as honest with him as they would be in a, with a different person. And um, it gives him this sense of security and power, but it almost looks like there's a lot of laughing behind his back that goes on. So there's some empathy, a desired empathy here from him because he's aware of his reputation. But what hurts, it looks like, is when it comes from his inner circle of people he trusts. But what's really amusing about that or interesting is how it's really a defense mechanism kind of looking at what Vivian was looking at in the first layer, where he doesn't want the truth necessarily, um, particularly other people's insight and opinions about him. So that's like one of the boxes. Another of the boxes is this bravado of sexual energy and how he has in his head, he is still in his 20s and he has the body of a 20 year old and women just automatically find him attractive and he's okay when men find him attractive as well. So the way in which he runs his sexual energy, at least in this layer, is a very past picture and not in present time. And when Within that, what I see is some of the allegations against him, he really doesn't understand. Like, he really does not think he did anything wrong. There's a denial to um, taking someone's agency from them or committing some sort of act that they may not have wanted. And that denial comes in through the family lineage and that superiority picture that I was looking at in the first layer. And then... Another uh, energy that I'm starting to say hello to, it's this pinkish red, and it looks like how he understands his emotional expression and the frustration he feels because he's not emotionally expressing the way he wants to. And I'm going to look a little deeper to see if this is due to medication. Um, I don't know if he's currently on steroids, but that can impact, med any medication can impact emotional expression or if it's if there's some energy there. So I'm going to take a look at that. If line you want to jump in with what you're looking at. It's funny. The first thing I saw when I looked at this layer was machismo. <laughs> <laughs> that was loud and clear. <laughs> uh, there was a loop you were, um, there was a fascinating energy loop that was going on. And it was when you were talking about um, his inner circle and ugh, I'm, I'm trying to get a picture. I'm trying to get a, a, 
a read into it, but it's it's sort of this, I don't need um, validation, I need validation. I don't need validation, I need validation. You know, it's this <laughs> loop that just keeps running in a space that um, is keeping the spin in this second layer. Um, it's It's the dichotomy. I don't need it, I need it. Um, and it keeps this layer from being able to be grounded and settled and at peace. What happens if you move move that program out or that loop out if you deprogram it? Um, when I show them the picture and I, and I and say, okay, this is this is a way that you could run this differently. It would mean uh, letting go of some energy that he was taught as a child. Yep, and there's an uncertainty in him that's that can I am I am I allowed to do that? <laughs> um, and it comes from that um, sort of the things I was looking in the past life, uh, uncertainty in in his him as a being unto himself. So I just gave him the picture and I said, mull it over. <laughs> you can if you want. As a spirit. Well, it's, it's interesting because mm -hmm. when I drill into or drill down to this uh, dissonance of emotional expression, you know, it's it's I've never looked at Michael Jackson energetically, but there is some sort of matching energy in Michael Jackson's space about something about expression as a child. And it shows up about seven or eight and not being allowed to express the way you want. And so I, what I see happens is Donald, he, he ends up reverting back to this childlike emotional expression, which results in tantrums and a lot of contradiction. And it doesn't look like it's intentional as much as just unaware of what was said five minutes before, because he's not in his body. He's, there's so much pain about emotional expression that he can't have it. And then that's exasperated by medication, it looks like where it's really hard for him to feel deeply and express that depth. And instead, it tends to be a lot of superficial or surface energy that he's able to express. And there's definitely a, a being without a body. At one point, it was a guide that kind of comes in when a deeper emotion, especially a discomfort, an uncomfortable emotion occurs that kind of protects him from seeing it. So the contradiction that comes up from time to time, I'm looking at as genuine not remembering, like just genuine, like not realizing that he's contradicted himself. And this is related to emotion, not logical speech, obviously. Um, and when you were showing that picture, Lisa, what I saw is like, as a spirit, maybe 15% of him knows that he can create change on an energetic level. But as a body, it looks like he's, and Vivian, you might have some insight here. It looks like he might, he's very confused on how to take energetic understanding and bring it into the body. So that energetic 15% of understanding just gets squashed when he tries to bring it into the body. I don't know if that makes sense. Hopefully it does. I think it makes sense. What I was seeing is um, 
in his face how he really has a hard time letting go of stuff energetically and how much it affects like his body but also like his relationships um i did see the first picture i saw when something bad happens he really needs those like good emotions that he experienced in the past because he uses it as, a, as like an escape portal <laughs> so he leaves his body and jumps into that um, also too, but because he holds on to all this past energy, when there are relationships and you know that are present times that have issues, he remembers that oh they were good before it'll be good again. So it's like his he jumps energetically from good and completely skips all the bad, but then he ends up carrying this whole load. Um, but it's like his own little like caver. Yeah, like just a defense mechanism that um, it and for him, it's helping him. Um, well, he thinks it's helping him, but as a body level, he's not in present time at all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, is that so he's like all the emotional baggage is still there. It's not been processed. Is that what you're saying? And then he jumps yeah. together and it's spilled up over time into this giant pile of it's like he keeps buying storage sheds to store right. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of letting it. I, I'm honestly really impressed because he hasn't processed a lot, even from childhood and whatnot. He's held on to a lot of stuff. So for him to carry this, I'm like, wow, I'm kind of impressed. Yeah. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> Anyways, that's it. It's, a, it's an impressive load. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I'm sorry. And yeah, I can't help it. So great. <laughs> so, such a good picture. Such a good picture. I went back to second grade. Sorry. It's all good. <laughs> we're not judging. We don't. We're not here to judge. <laughs> all right. Should we go to the third layer? Yeah. <laughs> All right, line. Um, so third layer, how you use your energy in the world, your personal power. Well, he can't. I mean, that's the first thing I see is like how little permission he has to this layer. And the way the first picture was that it was like a, a sphere and there was just like jail cell lines all over it. And I said hello to that and that moves aside. And then the next one, it's still a sphere, and it looks like if you were to cut it open, kind of like an orange, there's all, again, compartmentalization. There's all these different parts that require his energy. There's so many agreements he's made to others to give up his power for the sake of the, quote, larger good, that it's really hard for him to even see what he wants. And when I say that, I do see very young Donald Trump, maybe late teens, early 20s, no older than 25, who had these aspirations of really being, being a little bit of a playboy. I see some Hugh Hefner energy here and yacht energy. And then I also see just like being a mogul. I don't necessarily see being a leader, but more someone behind the scenes that just kind of collects on wealth. And I see a lot of past life energy, royalty past life energy coming into this layer as a compensation for how much he gives to others, like how much of his energy he has given up control over. And when I start to actually find his color in this layer, when I move past all of this whites and purples and oranges, I see his color as being yellow, but it's a very faint pale yellow. Um, and 
when I ask, like, what do you want from this layer? There's no real response. All of these larger agreements, council agreements start to show up and say, it doesn't matter what he wants. He's just a vessel for us. And what I see is that particular council, which is built of maybe seven energies, is really pushing him to keep a large percentage, at least 60% of his energy in this agreement and fulfilling the, the um, whatever of the agreement. I can't think of the word. Um, so it looks like part of what he's done in this lifetime is he created what he wanted early on enough to feel like he's reaping his benefits. And now it looks to me like he's more of a puppet or more of the voice of some larger agreements with other beings. And most of them aren't in bodies. And it looks like it's really hard for him to self-heal. It looks like it's really hard for him to have his creativity. It looks like it's really challenging to have downtime. And that's where golfing really does come in. That is his escape. And it does give him at least a couple minutes to process on some level. And um, I just see a lot of people in his space, people in bodies as well. So there's this layer is like jam packed without him. And when I show him the picture of like, if you just adjusted the spin on the aura a little bit and like made it go a little bit faster, they'd spin out, but he doesn't want to because this is comfort. This is a security blanket. He's not he doesn't have to be responsible for what he creates next or tries to manifest next. And in fact, like it's such a foregone conclusion that whatever he wants will happen that he doesn't even really think about it anymore. And when he gets questioned about it is when he's forced to acknowledge the pain and trauma. Again, a lot of his dad's energy here, a lot of early childhood under the age of 10 militant, you have to be a certain way. And there's a lot of energy about how the body works and what the body can be used for. So there's a labor, manual labor aspect here that he really doesn't like, but that was instilled in him as a young age. And he resists it so much that it's hard for him to call his energy out of these agreements or anything. Side chairs. Yeah, I, I find this a fascinating read in the the shift from acknowledging yourself as an individual and throwing yourself into the collective, you know, like giving up that individuality for the safety of the collective. And uh, I like what you said about, you know, his, one of the reasons that he had done that was because of all the emotional pain that was unprocessed. So instead of dealing with all of that, I'm going to just, <laughs> I'm just going to go along with this group over here and they'll take care of me and I'll just, you know, do their bidding and then I don't have to worry about that. I thought that that was a really fascinating uh, piece of energy to look at. I mean, I could go, I saw this good childhood picture that he, he still hasn't filled the void in. Um, one of them is his dad. Um, and I, I think this is a pretty common picture of like just never being good enough for like your father. I see him as a kid, like just wanting the praise and validation. And when he didn't get that from his dad, he'd run to his mom. But even his mom couldn't give him exactly what he wanted. Um, but that's because like, I mean, the only, his dad was the only one who could fill the void or give him the validation. His mom couldn't either. So one of the pictures I was looking at was 
how he, when he has a Floyd, he tries to fill it in with something else, but it's literally like trying to fill in a hole that is never going to be filled <laughs> instead of processing it. Um, and then there is another thing. Oh yeah. How much resentment he has towards his body right now. Um, I, I'm not sure if he visited a doctor, but I saw like um, some medical advice about his genetic line and some health problems he's coming close to reaching and how he does not want to acknowledge it like it but he's acknowledging it because he has resentment but um yeah it's like he's at the point where he's gonna believe he has issues when he's like on the ground or if he passes out or faints which is putting his body and spirit into really almost like conflicting communication. Um, so yeah, that's what I was looking at. Kind of intense. Like I'll believe it when I faint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, he has this really heavy, prove it, very tangible, like what's in front of him is what he can believe. But and it looks like that's part of the reason he's challenged in processing emotions because it's not something he can put his fingers on he can't touch it even though it's causing pain and he can feel it and know it because he can't touch it he can't process it and when i show him the pictures of like you could feel it by ripping things up um or you could hit a punching bag or you know you could take it you could explore your emotions <laughs> from a physical perspective he can't have the information. His dad comes in and takes the picture and just explodes it. So there's definitely something between him and his dad that relates to the body, spirit, emotional connections too. All right. Fourth layer, affinity for self and others. A lot of self-identity. It's also the layer that connects the body layers, which are the first three, to the spirit layers, which are the last three. Slayer's purple. It's not in present time, and where I see it's been stunted is mid-20s, and it really looks shut down. And when I, I typically look at this layer, I, I use two sides. The left side is affinity for others, so the ability to love and receive love or any sort of emotion, and then the right side is being affinity for self, which often includes self-identity. Um, and... When I look at self-identity, when I look at affinity for self, I see all these mirrors turned around. Like he doesn't want to look at himself. And what is in that space is a lot of judgment. And it's not self-judgment, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. It's words and phrases and an energetic wax or, or energetic punches that he's received from others. And so some of it comes out like almost media-like or newspaper-like, um, like tabloid with like the crazy um, bubbles that are spiky around it and has words in it. And some of it comes out like a text message looking almost. And he holds on to all this judgment in an effort to justify how he sees himself and his desire to not do self-reflection work, his desire to not process. And he... 
it looks like he feels very strongly that who he was in his mid-20s is who he will forever be. And I will admit off the bat, I know nothing about his history and who he is. Like I'm the worst when it comes to biography about people. But it just looks like the 20 his when he was in his 20s, that was the pinnacle of his understanding of self. And I can see where he had to kind of make a very concerted effort and decision to not do the self-reflexive work and instead throw into politics and money and not politics like on the grand scale like he is now, but more business politics and really threw himself into his business space. And that's how he constructed his identity. And he gets stuck in these judgments from other people, especially as it relates or goes into tension for his understanding of self. And so he does not get why some people don't like him. He thinks he's lovable. He thinks he's approachable. He doesn't see how he could be sexist or misogynistic. He just, it's not in his awareness. And it's not in his awareness, it looks like, because of the pain that it would come out. And I see that connected to his dad very deeply. Because if he were to uncap this bottle of stuck pain and emotion, he would be confronted with looking at him in a very similar manner to his understanding of his father. And I even see his kids here kind of showing up and like trying to show them how he has seen them over time and what he gets or what they get from him. But it's really, he can't have that and he doesn't necessarily want it. And then on the other side, when I look at affinity for like with others, um, I also see this part shut down and It's like his ability to have validation outside of where he's seeking validation is really, really hard, which gives him an incomplete understanding of of himself. And I don't see much validation going out outside of um, just needing to say it because that's what's expected. So a lot of what he does in this layer is out of expectation or predetermined um, decisions. Lion, what are you looking at? When uh, you first started looking at this layer, it just, there's this thick, thick layer of punishment around it that I was seeing um, that I couldn't really see past <laughs> until, until I worked some of the energy around it. May have a match, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> um, but just that punishment and invalidation and um, there's even hatred in there. And it's, it's both external and internal. It's both both sides of it. Self-hatred and I'm wondering if that self-hatred is causing the echo that's attracting the hatred from outside. I'm showing him pictures of compassion and empathy because that's something he lacks severely in this layer, whether it's for self or others. And it looks like to me when he makes a decision about something, even if he's what we would say blown the picture moved moved out of the energy he will hold on to it in in spite so it doesn't matter that he he makes some large claim such as you know the sky is is i don't can't think of a single color the sky never is the sky is brown and then somebody shows him the sky is not brown and he knows on a conscious level the sky is not brown but because he said it he doesn't feel like he can go back to having changing his mind he can't change his mind he gets very stuck in his convictions in this layer and that's really impacts his self-identity and whatnot it's funny there's a growing up in the northeast i'm just seeing this cultural northeast energy of the grudge holder 
in there. Like, it's just so familiar to me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> um, what you just described is embedded in that 18th century energy. It came over on the ships when we were founding the country, and it gets embedded mm. into um, the culture and the, the makeup of the people. And it's something that when we've done other large scale healings will come up from time to time. Um, and he, yeah, you're right. He matches it and keeps it as part of his makeup. Vivian, what are you looking at over there? Having a conversation with Trump, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so when I first said hello to the first fourth layer, um, it, I couldn't see much, and I was like, okay, I'll see what there is, and I saw the shutdown picture, but he has this picture of, um, that's in his space, that once you've peaked, and you've reached, like, the highest potential of, like, being a, quote, unquote, like, a good human, or, like, trustworthy, or honest, or responsible, that you can't go back down, like, you can't go being irresponsible, or dishonest, um, so I, I was just showing the picture of like, well, you can make mistakes. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> if it happens, it happens. Eh. You know, and I was like, well, he seems like a, you know, like he's had other lifetimes. So I was just looking at how all the other like, there is religious energy in this layer. But the some of the lessons he's learned in the other you know, like Buddhism or like empathy and all that, they're really locked up um, and not accessible. And it's also because of those beings. So even empathy for self or for others is just, it's not getting through. And it's not like he really wants to access that information right now. Um, it's, yeah, it's like, again, that hollow puppet. Um, yeah, and he seems fine with it so we're just talking <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> all right let's go to the fifth so the fifth layer is communication with self with others expression of creativity we're going to call this layer a lime green he thinks that he's the dos equis man it's the first picture i get is is the most interesting man in the world in one sense, he's not wrong. We are all the most interesting people in the world. In another sense, you are not even remotely closer. There's so many other people's energies in this layer that I almost said that this layer was yellow. And that yellow that I'm looking at is actually everyone wanting to control how he communicates. And so his locus of control in this layer is non-existent. And it really is a child picture of just saying what he sees. It's, it's when we train people to do this work, we always say, we have the phrase, say what you see with no discernment. And then you get to a point in doing this work where you learn discernment. As a human developing, we grow up saying what we see and then we learned discernment. He never learned discernment. And this is why his Twitter feed is so consistent and constant is because if he has a thought, he wants everyone to hear it immediately because he thinks there's value in it. Um, there's a lot, a lot of social media energy in here and a lot of social media beings without bodies here that really amp up and plug into his space to rile 
people up on a large scale. This is where I'm really starting to see the political energy come in. This is where I'm really starting to see the dissonance between science and um, his reality. This is where I'm seeing the impact and influence of beings, of beings without bodies as well as beings in bodies. And when I ask the question, how do you creatively express, there isn't really an answer. So it doesn't look like to me he understands that there's a part of himself that can come out and paint or sing or, you know, do dance or something of that nature. And that's interesting because I've never seen that before. Anytime I've asked a being, how do you creatively express, no matter how weird the picture is, there's always some some sort of expression that goes on. And I just see that really lacking here. And there's no awareness to the influence of the outside world. He really does not see that he's influenced by others. And even when confronted with needing to be influenced or taking up another person's point of view, he really does resist it with all aspects of himself. And there's a very egocentric picture here that as I start to say hello to it, it vibrates at a peach. It kind of goes throughout the entirety of his space. And that is his way is the only way. His way is the right way. And there's a competition here with religious energy, with Christ in particular, and how who Christ was in the adoration on a human level, not a religious level, but on a human level, and the adoration that we see in history for this man, Jesus Christ, and how he wants to be the same. So there's definitely some Messiah complex energy here. And when he makes these large decrees, whether they are legal to make or not, he really doesn't think that he should be held to the standards of those that came before him, that he knows better, he knows more, he has more information. But like before we were saying, he can't see how influenced he is by those around him because he just thinks that he doesn't have that in him. He's not, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because he knows, he knows more, he knows better, and he's more aware than anyone else. And it's, it's quite laughable. This is where I'm losing my neutrality and I will say it out the gate. It's laughable to me because I can see on an energetic perspective, like how untrue that picture is that he holds for his communication. Side chair. Do you know where that picture like emanates from? Like what's the root cause of that behavior? Has to do with his dad. It's early childhood. Same picture we've been looking at the whole time. It's whatever trauma happened between the age of eight and 12. And it's, it's a way to, well, there's two parts to it actually, now that I'm looking at it. So one, it's a result of, of trauma between the ages of eight and 12. And then there's another part of it where he's always been validated to say that he's different, to say that he's unique, to say, you know, one of, one of our mentors always used to say that pregnant women think that they are birthing or creating the next Christ. And for him, that's the energy that was imbued when he was you know, in conception and and growing in his his mother's belly, and then what his lineage says, and partly to fulfill these overarching long term goals that I think we're going to get to look at in the second half of this. And so I see it as as two things: the result of trauma and the result of a lot of validation that you you know more than I do. And within that validation, there's a lot of. Um, patriarchal pictures and misogynistic pictures or what we would now call misogynistic pictures. They weren't at the time. And that is that men are superior to women and age matters over experience. And he really has held on to those very, very strongly. Yeah. I was curious. I, um, yeah, I was just looking at all the, all the beings, <laughs> the many, many 
influences. It's just this cloud. It's like a swarm of hornets just always buzzing information in his space. And then it, you know, comes out. Within all those beings, Lisa, are there any themes to it or any agreements you're looking at? I'm just, um, <laughs> I'm just not bedazzled, but I'm bewildered. I don't know what the word is. Like, I'm just like, whoa, that is a lot. <laughs> That's my first. Okay. Let me see if there's agreements here. What are the agreements? Well, I feel like there's sort of two camps of beings. Um, one is the, the, the beings like I saw in that lifetime where it's just like, it's that validation part. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Don't worry about it. Let's party. Um, and then the other ones are more of the, it's very serious. Like, is this serious? We're running a country here, you know? And it's, um, it's that the control of how this country should run from a, a, a council of beings. So it's sort of this, it's like when you were talking, I saw it too. It was like hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. You know, it's yeah. like, trauma and then validation and then let's party and no this is serious it's run a country it's these dueling dueling energies that i see in this um in this layer vivian anything that you're looking at yeah um i mean kind of similar to what y'all were seeing before um like the lack of discernment but it's to me i think it's kind of amusing how much he gets surprised when people take him seriously with whatever he says like there's this disconnect of like I don't understand like why when I say something people take it so seriously mm. <laughs> even though like I see all these people around him who are like listening to him attentively it's like there's that disconnect when he just can't process it um so that was an interesting picture to look at. And also that, yeah, he has this, I was looking at his creative channels a little bit, how he has this picture of that he doesn't create, that he gets what he wants, and that he has like this whole swarm of beings that like he has agreements with that they'll create for him. Um, so he doesn't have to do it in exchange for control and influence. Um, so that's and I see it as like veiny and webs and whatnot um, all over, but he's okay with it. So, yeah. hey, all right, sixth layer. How you see the world? It's like an emerald green. It's a Mister Sketch forest green. If you know that color, that color will automatically come into mind. <laughs> Everyone is welcome. So the first energy I see is just how narrow his perspective about the world is <clears throat> and when his beam of sight sees something it goes really deep it, it drills really deep into what he's looking at but he is really challenged by seeing a holistic picture or pulling off those blinders they look like horse blinders actually and he doesn't he's not able to see like these larger connections or he wants to see what he wants to see and he disregards the rest and his his ability to withhold belief is really strong like he can ha have a lot of illusion as long as it fits within his larger understanding of the world and he becomes aware of other people's perspectives or where they stand in the room but he doesn't really because of his lack of empathy and compassion it's really hard for him to integrate them into his perspective of the world 
And there's a part of him that looks at long-term pictures and energy and goals and experiences. And then the majority of him just looks at what's right in front of him and doesn't think about the ramifications, though he's very quick to point out to other people how they need to think about ramifications. So there's an inconsistency and hypocrisy here. And as I say hello to that hypocrisy, I get horrifically whacked by one of his beings. And they're like, don't poke at that because if he becomes aware of it, he might change. And it's like, well, yeah, but he has to want to become aware of it. There's a lot of um, beings without bodies here that he has agreements with that hold space so that he focuses in on what is um, least important but most valuable for um, validation. So it really is remaining about validation. And when I look at that closely, I see this is where we get all of the scandalous energy. This is where we get um, all of the inflammatory statements because he's seeking out validation. He's not seeking out consensus. He's not seeking out any sort of alleviation of pain. He really doesn't, because of the way that his pain response mechanism is has been designed or manipulated, he doesn't care. He just wants he just wants the dopamine all the time and is unconcerned about, you know, what happens to your body when only when all you have is dopamine and then it takes the next hit. And so I can see where addiction probably runs in his family and he's sort of sidestepped it to some degree, but it wouldn't be challenging for him to have addiction. Um, not that he does or does not. I don't know. I don't care either. Um, and it's like when I show a picture of poverty, whether it's in the United States or, you know, in South America or Africa or somewhere else, there's empathy that comes out immediately. But then it gets morphed into how does poverty support me? What can I do with this picture that you're showing me to make me better, to make me feel better? So there's a narcissistic overlay of needing to use all of his, everything that comes into his awareness for himself. And um, it's very individualistic and a disregard for the collective. And when I show him pictures of past experiences with other people, whether it's, you know, the average person on the street or historic figures who have more of a collective perspective or an awareness that some sacrifice by the individual to support the collective has to occur at times in history, he just completely disregards it. And literally just brushes it aside. And what I find fascinating is then his dad comes in and goes, no, this is a picture you actually want. But because of his resistance to his dad, he can't even see that his dad's genuinely trying to support him for the first time potentially ever. So there's a lot of different layers to how he sees the world being impacted by his own growth and then his own end goals, as well as just the genuine makeup that he has in his body. Side chairs. Oh, I had a lot of matches with those limits on how to see things. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Yeah, that was the first thing I zeroed in on is limits, 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 limits on what you can see and how you see it. Vivian, do you see anything? In I was just mostly looking at how much um, his perspective is blocked from the other beings and yeah, how he's just looking oh, for validation. Seventh layer, how the world sees you. So how the world is seeing Donald Trump, as well as how you present to the world. So how Donald Trump presents to the world. And when I look at this layer, 
it's going to take a minute to get a color because he is so used to being a chameleon and um, redirecting attention, deflecting a lot of attention when he doesn't want to answer something. And so his layer shifts a lot, like the color is shifting dramatically. Um, let me just pull back and see if I can find, we'll call it like a peachy orange. And so I'm going to start by just saying hello to the energy presented to the world from Donald. And what I see he, he intends to present is a self-assured, confident, independent man who has everyone's best interest at heart. And that is really what he thinks he's doing. What he doesn't see is this yellow energy that comes into that picture that he shows the world, which is really, really egotistical. And it's about him. And there's a being that really pushes that forward. It is it is 100% partly him and his own energy, but this being definitely supports this. And it's quite a manipulation on who he actually is. But what he wants to show the world is that he's kind of got it all together and he's an every person, um, every one person, even though he doesn't actually believe that. But he wants to believe that he could go anywhere in the world to make friends, but he can't because he's aware of the hierarchy and superiority that he feels is vital to his understanding of self. And that's handed to him by the family lineage, as we've expressed and seen multiple times now. And he thinks that when he presents as, you know, the everyman and can talk to anyone, that nobody's going to see through that guise or that disguise. And this is where a lot of judgment comes in and he doesn't get it. He really thinks he's the smartest person in the room at all times. He thinks that he understands everything. And when I show him pictures of like quantum physics or energy work or other aspects of life that maybe he would have no understanding of, he just kind of whacks it aside and says, no, it, those things don't matter. So there is very much a creating reality as he sees it in a hope that other people will subscribe to his, his sight of it. When I start to say hello to how the world sees him, this is where... I see the energy that everyone was expecting us to discuss in all of the layers. And that is the hypocrisy, the chauvinistic, the misogyny, the dictatorship, the um, self-centeredness, the narcissism. And it's really, I'm not going to lie, I'm slightly impressed with his ability to manage the invalidation that comes in on this layer. And part of his ability to manage that invalidation is because he just thinks he's better than it. He really genuinely thinks that he is above the people that talk poorly about him, even when there are really strong, good, thought out arguments or mathematical proofs that are presented. He still thinks he's better. And so this is where I see him being a very young soul. This is where I see him, that heavy reliance on beings without bodies and guides and his, the ability for him to think that he's not caught in a net um, until he might hit part of a string and then be like, oh crap, maybe I am hitting something. But there's really, he really strongly feels that he is above a lot and knows more than most. And that is fascinating to see energetically side chairs what are you looking at yeah i was looking at that invalidation too and then um i just saw the image of a clown you know when we first looked on this layer about you know when we were talking about how the world sees him and um 
it's interesting because he's such a chameleon because he changes the his face a lot and deflects and you know dis not disavows but di diminishes energy that has has some truth to it this is what is causing this um this way of the world see well i mean not everybody but many of the world seeing him as the um as the as the clown or the buffoon or um he doesn't really know what he's talking about it's that constant shift and that was that was interesting to see because i've never seen that before you know if you're constantly shifting your energy on what you want people to see you are then there's no there's nothing for people to sort of lock into and go okay that's who they are okay and then have firm footing to be able to understand and build relationship from that so that that was interesting i've never ever, ever seen that before that was fascinating Vivian, what are you looking at? I'm just laughing because I'm seeing the chameleon energy of he's like, oh, yeah, I could change all the time, right? Like, he's just saying that. But then I'm showing him, but you said in a previous layer that you're stagnant. He's like, well, I could do both. It's the both thing. So, yeah, that's that's all I was looking at. That's how I was cracking up. It's like, it could be both. And I'm like, sure, <laughs> yes, <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Yeah, you do you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, listeners, this is Lisa and Cindy from the future. We realized that we didn't um, give you a good transition between the first half and the second half of the reading. So we are here now to fill you in on what the heck the second half of the reading is all about. <laughs> Go ahead, Cindy. So in a clairvoyant read, we break it up into kind of typically two parts if we are doing this type of reading. And during the first half, it's what Lisa explained, the rose reading, looking at the aura. And then if the person is with us in front of us, we will usually have some sort of conversation and offer healing work or looking at communication. Lisa and I will discuss when the reading is over why we do not do much healing in this reading, but instead we sort of follow what was interesting to us in the first half. Anything to add to that, Lisa? Nope, that's it. I think we should just get started on the second half. All right. Well, the first thing I would like to look at, Line, is what are the agreements that Donald J. Trump had to adhere to or make to get a body? So when we come into our bodies, we agree to certain things. And because we live in a universe of free will, we can adjust and change when we get into our body. But I would be fascinated only because I looked at this in regards to another um, person that was not present for a reading, and it was a really fascinating thing to look at. If we were to put Donald Trump up as a rose and then put up one rose for his biological mother and one rose for his biological father and kind of just ask the roses, like what were the agreements he made to come into this body? So when I look at it, his mom doesn't, okay, so I look at his rose, which is vibrating as like, when I ask this question, it's vibrating as like a yellow, a uh, big bird yellow. And I ask the question, his mom's rose, which was a purple, just completely vanishes. And his dad's rose, which is vibrating as a red, gets really, really big. And one of the energies I see has to do with that lineage energy we've been looking at and power. And there's something about him coming into this body thinking that he was going to be very powerful, but not understanding the amount 
of compromises he'd have to make. And so I, this is where I see his ability to diminish his emotional pain has to do with this larger goal of gaining a certain amount of power. But what nobody's looking at is how limited that power is and how oppressive it has become. What do you look at, Lisa? Interesting that the mother disappeared. It was sort of, it was similar to that energy I saw earlier in the layers of the grandma who just was the, um, you know, whatever the man says, that's what I'm going to do. And it just looked like she was the vehicle with which whom to bring him to the world. And that was her only role. Um, it didn't look like there was any agreements with her. Agreed. Like, I think if we were to look at her as a rose and look for those leaves, we wouldn't see one for him. But if we looked at his dad, I think we'd definitely find the agreement with the dad. Which is probably why she couldn't give him what he wanted, because she didn't have the agreement with him. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the dad relationship. What about you, Vivian? I'm just looking at the karma between him and his dad and also um, how powerless he feels in regards to his dad. Like it's like early on his dad established like the sense of hierarchy of like, no, you're never going to be above me. Um, even if you do excel and exceed everything, like, mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's kind of an intense picture and I'm looking at the, trying to see the body aspect to it as well. Um, the mom, like, yeah, I saw there was a disconnect that once the first original picture I saw was that he was just a vessel for everything. Um, yeah, so I saw immediately almost like the mom and dad like completely disconnect as um, once he got a body and being started to come in. Yeah, I'm, I'm just watching this, um, the energy kind of work it through from, okay, I want a body. Okay, I want to be powerful in this lifetime. And then all the, all the layers he had to sort of um, navigate and agree to, to get here. So, you know, there's the beings, okay, you want to be powerful, but we have to do it for you. And then, because you can't do it by yourself. And then there's the layer of his father's energy where same kind of thing. You don't know what you're doing. You're, I mean, yeah, you can probably be powerful, but you, you need guidance and help and you need me to, to tell you what to do and to run your life. It was fascinating to just see him sort of transition through this layer, these layers in order to get into body. So Lisa, it's validating AF for you to say that because I started following the thread of what this power picture was. It has to do with a larger network of beings not in bodies that are trying to control the planet as a whole's havingness and ability to step up one for humanity or human evolution to step up another level, which would be the normal trajectory. But part of Trump's or Donald, I'm going to say Donald because it takes way less, way less energy. Part of Donald's agreement had to do with really him being able to have such a strong belief that he was right with no awareness for the influence that's coming through him. And it has to do with keeping the planet on a large scale at a lower vibration. And this is where we keep seeing life will find a way and we will just keep throwing hurdles and challenges until we can, as a species, take another step in our evolutionary trajectory, which is probably more in-depth than we needed for this particular question. But I do see 
this network of beings as part of something I've been watching on a planetary level for a couple weeks now. Yeah, it's funny that triggers a memory. I was talking to my sister. We were talking about something. I can't remember. But I said, the only constant in this life is uh, change. <laughs> so it will happen. No, there's no <laughs> choice. Like it. history tells us that biology tells us. Yeah. The only other thing I'll add for the prior lifetimes is it looks like there w- there's been an accumulation of karmic debt that is explosive in present time. And a lot of the decisions that are being made that are largely impactful to a, a lot of people is in an effort to end the karma from these past lifetimes where he sought out creating karma. So I see this lifetime for him as being part of a larger soul plan or spirit plan and has to do with the immaturity as a spirit or an immaturity at at the length of time that the spirit has had consciousness. So it was like going out and creating all this karma, this karma in an effort to make it all come back at a certain time to uplift or diminish him as a spirit. And it looks like the intention was to uplift, but the result is actually diminishing him as a spirit. Um, The other thing I would be interested in and Vivian, if you want to take the lead, I'd be interested on a spirit body communication. You've kind of talked about it a little bit in different layers, but if you want to describe how you see that, um, that'd be really cool, I think. Oh, yeah. Let's see. I don't really mind. Let's see. Putting up a rose for his body. There's a lot of resistance. I see it as his true color is a blue, but he has a lot of oranges and reds around it. Um, Yeah, it's a tiny little rose (laughs) now taking a look at his spirit rose um yeah orange that's what i'm seeing let's see in between oh there's so much friction here so i usually put up a bubble like in between and look at the communication and see what's in between it and i just see a lot of disconnect from it um it's almost like his family doesn't want him to have this body and spirit communication. Um, because once he does have that communication about, uh, once that communication opens up, he can have more of his space and seniority of it. And as we keep hitting on <laughs> in all the layers, um, people don't want that because the picture of the body right now, it's, it's, it's a vessel and that's all it is. It's just hollow. Um, As a spirit, his truth is like, that's not true, but that's it. Um, Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm not sure if you guys see something else on it. I just, I saw that he was bound by all those agreements he made so that he won't do that. You know, he won't say that hello to, you know, that body spirit communication. He can't. Yeah, that's what I see too. I just see binding. Yeah, it's a giant rift um that's how i see it and it doesn't look like well at least right now he's not in the space where that's ever really gonna fill up or that he wants to fill it up um Mm -hmm. and yeah and i'm showing him the picture of like okay what happens if you do fill it up um (laughs) and the body can't handle energetically what it would take to heal that Mm. um yeah so it looks like the body also kind of has to be a vessel, even though it doesn't want to for what he's working on in this lifetime. 
which is kind of interesting. Um, the spirit is saying, no, that's not true. You can handle it little by little. But yeah. But does he want to handle it? He doesn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the key. If he doesn't want to handle it, then yeah. What can you do? Nothing. Yeah. There's a lot of emotional baggage and karma to process. That's going to take a while. <laughs> yeah. When I look at his soul trajectory or timeline, he's just very young. He's a very young soul. Very mm -hmm. spirit. So this is all making sense to my brain. So the last thing that's of interest to me is just putting up a rose for Donald J. Trump as a spirit in a body and putting up a rose for Donald J. Trump, comma, the president of the United States of America. And when I look at his rose for him as a spirit in a body, it's a red rose and there's a lot of damage to it. It, it can ground, but it, it really is not self-healing and there's not a lot of attention or awareness of it. And when I look at the rose for him as the president, I see it as yellow and very large and there's a bravado to it. And there's a lot of noise and chatter energy around it. And this is where I see all of the beings without bodies in the agreements, not to say that they're not with him as a spirit in a body, but to say that they're heightened by his current title is what's kind of happened. And um, when I look at them together, what I see is a complete confusion as to why they're not one and the same. And there's a lot of, again, ego and power in the, the role of the president that he really likes and he wants to bring back into his spirit and a body um, when this title is no longer a relevant title to him. And I see there's um, a lot of demand and expectation set in the role as the president that he likes. It makes him feel powerful and there's validation in it. Whereas spirit, the spirit in a body, Donald does not get that validation. And I really do see it as Donald versus Trump. And there's no reconciliation between the two roses or desire to integrate them into a single identity. Ladies, are you looking at anything? <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say it kind of looks like he wants to leave this past behind. You know, yeah. it's like that never existed. I'm denying, you know, that is not who I am. This is who I am. Yeah. It's a it's sort of a denial of history almost, his personal history to be this other person. Um, Vivian, anything to add? Yeah, I just see like the strong des desire to show like how capable he is. Um, and frustration that comes up when he has to admit that he needs help. That's it. Yeah. Or he received help along the way. Like he just wants, yeah, that's it. Well, that was quite a reading and had its own level of intensity. I want to say first and foremost, that was one of the more neutral readings I think I've ever done. And I think part of that speaks to the amazing line that we have created. And part of that speaks to the person not engaging back, in my opinion, for myself. I feel like that helped me gain that neutrality. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> it was helpful not to have him there. <laughs> that would have been a totally different experience if a physical body was sitting in front of us as we were doing the read. I can't even imagine what that would be like. There'd be so many. I feel like there would be so many interruptions and mm -hmm. disruptions and, and being told what we're saying is not real. 
Right. <laughs> so you might notice that we didn't really do healing. And part of the reason I, as one of the clairvoyants reading, did not initiate healing is that from where I sat, it would have been pointless. When I do a reading and the person's there, I can ask their conscious explicit consent to a healing. And there are times where we get spiritual consent to a healing. So for example, if you are having a relationship problem and your partner is not in your reading, but we're working on doing some healing or moving some energy between the two of you, we will ask that being that spirit if they consent to the healing. I didn't get the impression during this reading that there would have been any consent. And doing healing without consent for me is an ethical line. It's my own personal clairvoyant ethical line. But also, more importantly, it's it can be rather fruitless because the change that we're creating is not going to be held. Lisa, do you want to expand or kind of shift that in any way? No, I agree with what you were saying. That uh, one, I, I saw the same thing. It really would have been a fruitless exercise to say, okay, you know, I'll help you move this energy out of your space. But it there was no permission or desire for that to happen. So I think one of the hardest challenges as a healer is when you see um, an issue or a problem that could be healed. And then the other person is not open to the healing. That That's hard. And um, But I feel like I, I really was pleasantly surprised at the neutrality about that in my space going, okay, well, I offered, <laughs> but if you don't want it, that's okay. Then I can, I can walk away with that and not, you know, and be all right with that. So yeah, I, you know, it was really, I think in the end it ended up being what we thought and it was really more of a learning and an informational read um, for us as a line and then hopefully for our listeners. And I will say, I don't know much about Donald Trump as a human. I have not read his biography. I've not read his autobiography or followed any of his history. Um, it's never been of interest to me. So any coincidences that are found in this reading are are simply us just reading the energy. I think the whole line agrees. None of us knew much about his personal life coming in. And while we may all have our own political leanings and perspectives and opinions, part of the agreement that was made with the line was to find some neutrality and set them a little bit aside. And so I know there might be some level of disappointment to some of our listeners in in what we share, but we are doing our best to be neutral and transparent. Yep. Agreed. And really, I would say it was a little fun. I had, a bit, yeah. I had a bit of fun in this. We did. There were some funny moments. There's there's definitely <laughs> some amusement. I mean, if nothing else, reading reading with my friends is always a great experience. But I I feel like my interest, my knowledge seeking has been satiated. What about you, Lisa? Yeah, I'm good. I, I think I need a little break after this one though. <laughs> yeah. Then I'll be yeah. able to dive back in. <laughs> yeah. So as we've mentioned before, when we do these clairvoyant reads, and as you'll hear throughout this season, we have to work the energy before we can participate. And so there's been a little bit of growth in all of us to show <laughs> up th today. Yes. 
Yes, there has. <laughs> all good, though. All good. Always. Uh, do you have any final words on this one, Lisa? No, I just hope the listeners enjoyed what they heard and uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah. So listeners, if you enjoy this kind of episode, do let us know because we have fun with it and we love doing clairvoyant reads. So if you have ideas or suggestions of somebody past or present, don't hesitate to DM us or email us. And if you enjoy this, feel free to share it with your friends. It hopefully becomes a point of conversation. I think is the best way to say that. Yes. All right, Wanderers, if you haven't done so already, feel free to hit that subscribe button, that follow button. And as you are fully aware, you can follow us on Instagram at into underscore the underscore known. You can find us at intothenown.com. And if you need to reach out to us directly, you can email us at cindy, C-Y-N-D-I at intothenown.com. Until next time, enjoy the wander.